Thank you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. God's Spirit draws us together in this time and always. Friends, welcome to today's service, a shared service between Grace United Church and Harrison United Church. I am the Reverend McCall Cottrell, minister at Grace United, and co-leading worship with me is the Reverend Jessica Cottrell, minister at Harrison United Church. As you welcome us into your home, we welcome you into ours. Please note that information on how to contact either Jessica or myself can be found on our individual church answering machines. The main office answer machine at Grace United Church is being checked remotely by our administrator, Laurel. Please note that this year's annual congregational meeting at Grace United will be taking place by Zoom on Sunday, February 21st at 1130. In case of power outage or technical failure, the meeting will take place on February 28th. A call-in option is available. More information, including how to attend, can be found on our Friday forecast emails or by calling the church office. For more information about various online events happening at Grace United, including our ukulele groups for children and a new group for adults, physical activity groups, and our Lent study, please subscribe to our church email list. And as we gather for worship today, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked on this land. Their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and their spirituality. As we worship today, we recognize that we are all treaty people. We are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half, and we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the pain and broken relationship that has come with colonization and an ongoing history of oppression and racism. We pray that God may lead us in working towards building right relations. Friends, come, let us worship. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. Friends, let's call one another to worship. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praise to God. God builds up community and gathers the outcasts. God heals those in pain and binds their wounds. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praise to God. 
God has a name for every single star in the sky. God understands our lives beyond measure. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praise to God. God prepares rain for the earth and encourages the grass to grow. God provides food for all the creatures on earth, sea, and sky. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praise to God. God lifts up the disadvantaged and brings down the wicked. God delights in those who place their hope in God's steadfast love. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praise to God. May we sing our thanksgivings to God forever. Let us pray. Holy One, the prophet Isaiah reminds us that those who wait upon you will renew their strength, that we will rise up on wings like eagles. We are tired, O Lord, we are so tired. As we begin our worship this day, we place our trust in you, hoping against hope that we will find renewal, strength, and comfort in your word passed down through the generations. And even in our tiredness, in the spaces between our sighs, we lift our praise to you, for we know that it is always good to praise you and that you are with us forevermore. This is the good news that lifts us up. Thanks be. Amen. Our mission and service reading today is Living the Dream. What are your dreams for the world? And if you could turn your dreams into concrete goals, what would they be? Surely right now, a quick end to the COVID-19 pandemic would top the list. Did you know the United Nations made a list of 17 sustainable development goals for the world? In 2015, the UN vowed to achieve these goals by 2030. The list includes eliminating poverty and hunger, as well as making sure everyone has access to quality education and health care. These are ambitious goals. In light of COVID-19, they are more necessary than ever. The first week of February is International Development Week. During this week, Global Affairs Canada encourages organizations across the country to celebrate the ways we are working to achieve the UN's goals. Did you know that your generosity through mission and service supports justice work in 19 countries around the world through 80 trusted organizational partnerships? In Canada, we support 81 life-changing ministries like food banks and shelters. These numbers aren't empty statistics. They reflect real people who, thanks to mission and service, receive the, ports, the, the support they need. This support means they can access crucial things the goals highlight, like clean water, food, education, and health care. The sustainability goals are important because we are all interconnected, and as people of faith, we are called to care about the world. What's happening globally affects us here, and what happens here has a global impact, says Thevon Huang, Program Coordinator for Sustainable Development and Humanitarian Response at the United Church of Canada. In the COVID-19 crisis, we've seen, for example, 
how parts of the world that don't have the means or governance to protect and vaccinate affects all of us. This crisis has really underlined that there is no us and them. We are one community. Keeping our eye on the goals reminds us of that. Mission and service is your church, our church in action. Together we work to achieve life-changing, indeed world-changing goals. Mission and service is one of the ways we are living the dream, God's dream of a world where no one goes hungry, no one lacks health care, and no one feels alone. Thank you for your generosity. Our reading today is Mark 1, verses 29 to 45. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. But go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to walk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed by God. How many of you during this time have thought about what you would have been doing if this pandemic hadn't happened? I know I do this. This week, I've been thinking that, I've been realizing that it will be the first time in 14 years that I will not be attending the male spirituality circle at Five Oaks. Now, some of you have heard me speak about this group before. It is a gathering of about a dozen men, and we would spend four days together. The main activity in this group is time that we share together in a circle. In the circle, one person picks up a stone and talks, sharing whatever they want about their own life, their joys and sorrows, their successes and their struggles. Everyone else simply listens. When that person is done speaking, he places the stone back in the center and another person picks it up and shares about their own life. There is no critiquing of one another, 
no responses, no trying to fix each other. We simply listen to one another with love and care. For many of us, myself included, this practice of being fully seen and being loved in response is life enriching. We were sharing in that circle grace, love that is freely given, love that is healing, love that is transformative. She knows she shouldn't do it. She knows the written and the unwritten rules of her people stay away, call from afar. She is an untouchable. She is unclean. And while she is not unloved, she is feared. She moves among the gravestones and the heartbreak of the colonies of outsiders who surround the city, who call out for help, for some food or money from those who can walk freely among the people. She is a leper. Her skin disease has been labeled as unclean and the religious and social rules meant to preserve tribal health have banished her to the margins. She knows the script well. I am a leper. Have pity on me. Please give me some food or some money. As she calls out and hopes people will give her just an ounce of compassion before they take off in fear. She covers her wounds, trying to make herself more palatable, but she is a leper. She is untouchable. She knows she shouldn't do it, but she has ha heard about a new healer in town, another promise in an ever-flowing sea of street magicians and street healers. She knows what it is like to be disappointed, kind words from afar, prodding sticks and promises, but she is going to hold on to that last seed of hope because maybe, just maybe, it will bloom. So when the healer comes close, she runs up to him, the cloth around her sore face is blown back by the wind and her scabs and sores are showing. She breaks the rules and goes close and calls out, Jesus of Nazareth, heal me. As she looks him in the eye, waiting for the shudder of repulsion before the more professional distance keeping. Instead, something unthinkable happens. As she runs towards this man, he runs towards her. He wraps her in his arms, his cheek pressed against her sore-ridden cheek, and he says, you are healed. He knows he shouldn't do it. The written and the unwritten rules are clear. He isn't just a healer. He is a holy one. And the laws of contamination are part of his religion. But love and compassion are the tools of his healing. He sees the tears, the scabs and the sores, but more than anything else, he sees a child of God, one who is worthy of love and compassion. And so he runs up to her. He embraces her and he reminds her of her true identity. As always, 
healing flourishes in this sharing of God's love. Most of us, more likely all of us, walk around day in and day out carrying a really large bag on our back. That bag is full of the stuff we pick up or that others place in there. Inside that bag are the pieces of our lives that we want to lock up, the parts of our lives that we are embarrassed by or shamed of or fearful of. Inside that bag are all of our mistakes, our failed desires, and the pieces of ourselves that we don't know what to do with. We pick up these pieces and put a chain around them. We lock them up and throw them into the bag. Then there are the pieces of our life that we feel need extra protection. The hurt, shamed, vulnerable, abused, neglected, or fearful parts of ourself. We wrap up these parts in thick baby blankets, swaddle them and place them in the safety of our bag so no one, no one can hurt us. And heaven forbid, heaven forbid anyone see what we have in that bag of ours. Heaven forbid that others see the hidden or swaddled self in there. So we walk around, weighed down by all the things in our bag bent over, struggling in pain, and we put a smile on, and we act strong, and we act as if everything's okay. We then see the smiles on others, and we think, well, they're okay, so obviously something is wrong with me. So we take that shame, and we put it into our overcrowded bag. The story we hear today is about Jesus touching and untouchable. My first inclination is to preach on how we too are called to be a healing presence to others, to think of those who are labeled as untouchable, lesser than people to be afraid of or to shy away from in our lives and in our community. However, there is another piece to the story. What if we put ourselves in the place of the one who is suffering from the skin disorder? What if we see ourselves as the one who feels or has been called untouchable, unlovable, unholy, unworthy? Because the truth is, I know it from myself, I know it from my studies, and more than anything else, I know it through my years as a minister providing pastoral care, the truth is we all have parts of our lives, large pieces of ourself that we label or that others have labeled as untouchable, unclean, unholy, or unworthy. And we can believe deep down that if anyone else ever encounters the locked away and swaddled parts of our lives, of our identity, they would reject us, hurt us, mock us, or fear us. It's a hard way to live because that bag that we think will protect us and that sometimes does protect us also overburdens us and prevents us from getting close to others or from loving ourselves or possibly even seeing ourselves 
as a beloved child of God? What are some of the hidden and swaddled pieces of yourself that you carry in your bag? Can you begin to imagine ourselves taking these pieces out one by one and letting them run up to Jesus to be touched and healed? Can we begin to even comprehend that all those things that weigh us down can be met with love, compassion, and deep trust? The one with a skin disease in today's Gospel reading is daring, brave, and risky. In her going up to Jesus and asking for help, she is probably ready for rejection or words spoken from a distance. But instead, Jesus reaches out and embraces her. It is an act that says, you are loved, you are worthy, you are made in God's image. We are loved. We are worthy. We are made in God's image. When we allow ourselves to be loved, our whole self, including our hidden and swaddled self, we find healing. When we allow our bag of fear and shame to be opened in communities of love and trust, we find healing. When we love ourselves and allow others to be loved, we find the power of God flowing through us, leading us to be a community of love, compassion, and healing to one another. So friends, yes, we all have bags full of hidden and swaddled pieces of our lives. Yes, we are all struggling at times. Yes, we are all imperfect. Yes, at times we are all afraid, ashamed, hurting and angry. Yes, we are fully human. And yes, we are all worthy of love from ourselves, from the God who already loves us, and from community. Yes, we are worthy and capable of holy Christ-like love for one another. So friends, let us share in Christ's love and continue to create a healing community, for we are part of the sacred story. Amen, and thanks be to God. Friends, let us join together in our prayers for one another and for the world. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, in whom we live and move and have our being, we come to you today with thanksgiving in our hearts and praise on our lips. Holy One, through your Son, Jesus Christ, you walked on dusty roads, sat by glistening water, and ate at tables large and small. You met people where they were. You bent down low to touch the leper. You raised your eyes to touch Zacchaeus' heart. Heaven and earth met. And so our prayer today is that our world will know your healing touch and your forgiving heart. That those who have been hurt by insincere actions and damning words will hear your healing voice. That those whose lives are filled with dark thoughts or unimaginable fears will experience your peace. Walk beside those who are close to giving up hope and where life seems to have no point, where people struggle to make ends meet and fear 
when the other shoe will drop. May those living with anxiety or dread, those tending to COVID-positive loved ones, those administering the vaccine, feel the touch of a caring hand and an end to isolation and fear. May all who weep and mourn or feel abandoned and unloved turn towards your voice, move towards your arms, and hear the whisper of your presence in the long hours of despair. Holy One, inspire us and encourage us to also bend down low, to embrace those for whom society has no time or patience. Raise our eyes upwards to see the struggling patient and the exhausted caregiver. And where young and old stumble and fall, may we be there to offer support that all will know your love that encompasses all. Loving God, we bring before you the people and places that weigh heavy on our minds this day, and we name them now in the silence of our hearts. Holy One, we lay all our prayers before you, trusting in your goodness and great love for all creation. We pray this in and through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, companion and friend, who taught us how to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hi, I'm Adam, the chair of the Affirming Committee at Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario. Leading up to Pi Day, March 14th, we'll be sharing some videos from Affirm United about congregations' personal experiences and how being an Affirming Church has enhanced their faith. This video features Pam Rocker and Stefan Udom explaining what Affirming is and how we can be Affirming and what Pi Day is all about. Hi, I'm Pam Rocker. And I'm Stefan Yudo. And we're here today at the Sidewalk Citizen Bakery to talk to you about pie. Now, who doesn't love pie? We're using the acronym PIE, P-I-E, to talk about what affirming faith communities look and feel like. Public. Intentional. And explicit. Pie. Now, let's talk about what we mean by affirming. Oh right, I was getting distracted by pie. Some churches may say, we're already welcoming, so why would we need to become affirming? Well, affirming is shorthand for faith communities that have taken intentional steps of education, discernment, and theological exploration, including hearing stories and community engagement. And then they voted yes, making an ongoing commitment to being actively inclusive particularly to those who have been traditionally marginalized by religion, such as the LGBTQ2SIA community. Now, let's get back to 
Affirming is a great word, but how do we go about being affirming? What does it look and feel like? And how do we measure how we're doing and where we can grow? Starting with B for public, which means how is your community being public about what they believe, who they support, and what inclusivity means for them. I is for intentional. Many people and groups, churches included, assume that gender and sexual diversity are fully accepted, so no special efforts are needed. Sadly, this simply isn't true. Most discrimination against the queer community is still religiously motivated, and affirming churches are rare, so those who are affirming need to express radical love with intention. They should be deliberate in their process of dialogue, education, and celebration as an ongoing part of their ministry. These things done with intention can be transformative and can keep your ministry fresh and relevant. last ingredient is A for explicit. Affirming ministries should be explicitly loud and proud and they should clearly indicate in their mission statement and everywhere else that the LGBTQ2SIA community is embraced and needed in every facet of church life. Be specific, name our community and invite queer people to come and speak on Sunday morning and make sure that every visitor will know what you believe in. Affirming ministries really make a difference. The impact of their public, intentional, and explicit presence is huge. It really matters to people, not only because it creates great communities, but because it's faithful. What else can we do? We can march the Pride Parade. We can put up signs and symbols showing who we are, start or continue our affirming journey, and partner with other ministries. And don't forget to celebrate National Affirming Pi Day every year on March 14th. 3.14 Pi Day. Get it? This has been delicious. And easy as, well, you know. So let's celebrate Pi year round and give the world a taste of affirming. Huh. Do you think we should just have one more piece? Well. There's always space for one more. Thank you, Pam and Stohan. 
This year we are celebrating Pi Day over Zoom, and everyone is welcome, regardless of where you are. Email the church at graceuc at whiteman.ca for more information. We hope to see you on March 14th. And friends, as we come to the end of this service and continue to worship God and to share God's love in our day-to-day -day life, may we know that God goes where we go, guides us where we must make choices, comforts us where we hurt, and may God continue to surprise us for who we are and what we do now and always. Go in love, go in peace, and go with God. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Sunday Worship. As a church family, we share our time, our talents, and our wealth. Normally, we would be passing the collection plates, and we would be together in our church. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your support. Checks can be mailed to Harrison United Church at P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, N0G1Z0. There is also a donate button on our website, www.harristonunited.com, for those who would like to donate online. Thank you so much for your continued support. Mm -hmm.